Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Well, the Timberwolves looked really good last night, Jim. They moved the ball. Uh, when they got a big lead, they kept stepping on the throat of their opponent. Of course, the Pelicans helped by resting guys. But, you know, that's not the Timberwolves' fault. I thought they looked good. Well, they did. And we saw them pass all kind of tests. Uh, 5-0 homestand, five sellouts, four blowout wins, and a close victory against a previous undefeated team. We saw them beat a really well-coached team in Miami without Jimmy Butler. Uh, we saw them beat the defending champions. We saw them beat the uh, uh, Boston Celtics, who were undefeated. They, mm-hmm. And then, then we saw them do something they didn't do often last year. We saw them just bully a team, an inferior team. The Pelicans have a pretty good team, but they didn't play them last night. I mean, other than Ingram, they really didn't play any of their best players. Uh, so, you know, the, and the Wolves took care of business. Yeah. They, they did. won that game to move to five and two, uh, five game winning streak. Mike Conley has one turnover this season, none in the last six games. Yeah, how about that? So the deal last year to bring Conley on board for D'Angelo Russell, you know, Russell had his talents, of course, but boy, Conley was kind of just the elixir they needed, that veteran influence, handling the ball, a pass first point guard who's highly efficient. Yeah, I just wrote a column about this that'll probably be up later today. But tomorrow morning at the latest. Yeah. And, you know, the Gobert deal, I think, still, I mean, Gobert's playing great right now. Yeah. Plus 24 in consecutive games, dominating the glass, dominating on defense. Now he's getting out and guarding the perimeter as well as being a rim protector. So, listen, that deal is going to look better than it did last year. Mm-hmm. It'll never be a steal because they give up so much. Yeah. The Conley deal, absolute steal. Yeah. They traded D'Angelo Russell who didn't want to pass the ball to Gobert, who is kind of a wet blanket, who was not a leader, and who now has gotten benched in two consecutive postseasons. They traded him, and they got Mike Conley, who is better for this team, better pure point guard, better overall player, much better defender, better leader, better personality. And they got Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who's in their nine-man rotation, is one of the three best defensive players probably. And they got three second-round draft picks. That's mm-hmm. a steal. Yeah, and and Conley, despite uh, advancing years, he knows exactly how to play. He's got what they call game speed. You can get a little slower and, and still be a, a highly effective NBA player because you aren't sprinting full out that often. So uh, he, he seems to find the right spots, get guys in position to catch and shoot jump shots or feed guys inside. Uh, he, he really has been uh, quite a player. I remember him back in the day at Ohio State and uh, yep. thought he was a whale of a player then, and he's just had a terrific career. He's had a great career, and he is, you know, I think he's averaging like 28 minutes a game right now. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot of other options at point guard. Even Jordan Midlock can get any hurt. Um, you know, Shake Milton is a good backup point guard. Kyle Anderson's basically a point guard. Uh, Nikhil Alexander Walking can bring it up. Edwards can bring it up and start the offense. Uh, so they can protect his men, his body. Yeah. He looks in great shape, though. He's a very disciplined guy, very, very hard worker. He's in great shape. He really competes on the defensive end. And, you know, straight straight line speed, or it, it's just not that important in the NBA. It's much right. more important to position yourself, and he knows how to do that. Yeah, small area quickness and, and uh, thinking the game. You know, look at Nikola Jokic. I, I might be able to outrun him in a 40-yard dash. But the guy just finds ways to score and makes him the most effective player in the NBA. I heard an announcer last night describe him a decelerated uh, Eurostep. 
And, right. and you see that out of Kyle Anderson, too. It's, you know, it's, if you can't outrun somebody, then move so slowly that they, you know, they overreact or they aren't sure how to defend you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Anderson's obviously mastered that, but Connolly can do that, too. Yeah. Uh, top-rated, def- number one uh, defensive rating in the NBA uh, right now for the Timberwolves. That's the kind of baseline they need to be able to win in the postseason. I really am shocked. Uh, I, I, I thought Gobert would be better. I thought they'd be a better defensive team this year than last year. I did not see number one defensive team in the league. Yeah. This is remarkable stuff. They keep holding people to 36% shooting. Um, a lot of it is Gobert being healthy and spry. He is all over the place. Mm-hmm. He's defending the pick and roll. He's contesting on the perimeter. Towns has been much better defensively this year. Conley's influence is big on the defensive end. Anderson's a very good defender. McDaniels is one of the best defenders in the league. Uh, Edwards is a good defender. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is an excellent defender. Nasri makes an effort. Uh, it's, it's quite a defensive team. I, I thought they'd be pretty good. I didn't think they'd be this good. Towns started to shoot. We knew he would. I mean, the guy has a yeah. long track record of, of being an excellent shooter, so that started to come last night. He still draws a lot of fouls on the offensive end, especially he swings those elbows a little too much, and he gets kind of caught on stuff. Twice last night he got called for hooking on, on drive. So he starts, starts driving, gets some resistance, and he puts his arm underneath the uh, elbow, and the nearest elbow the defender tried to move him out of the way. He got called twice on that. Asked Finch about that last night, and he said, okay, hooking is a foul, absolutely a foul. He said, but the way they look at it, the, what the film they've sent to the league is they feel like Towns is getting fouled before he goes to the hook. That The hook is a reaction to getting pushed and fouled and not getting the call. So, listen, Towns is fouling too much, and, and sometimes he complains after he absolutely uh, commits a legitimate foul. Mm-hmm. But you know, the, the Wolves feel, still feel like, for whatever reason, he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt that most other players get. Uh, well, uh, Bill Guerin, ever the one to try and improve his roster, he's always working at it, despite the uh, onerous salary cap restrictions he has because of the monster contracts he had to get rid of a couple of seasons ago. He was at work yesterday, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, they kept on telling Kalen Addison they needed him to be better on defense. They benched him for defensive purposes, reasons uh, a couple of times. Very talented offensive defenseman. Very good on the power play, but he just was not playing good defense. This defense has been terrible this year. Mm. That's one of the reasons Gustafson's numbers are so bad, is they just have left him out to dry so often. Mm. Uh, so he basically said, okay, you're not listening, you're out of here. He got rid of Addison, traded for Bogosian, who's a big, strong defensive defenseman, uh, who will give them some more beef to go with Maroon on the back end. Uh, they're going to get Spurgeon back probably next week. They're probably going to get Galagowski back sometime soon. And I think the defense has a chance of improving pretty dramatically in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it needs to. I mean, kind of the same thing as the Timberwolves. If you can get a baseline of defense, you go from there. Goal scoring comes in streaks just like hot shooting from uh, three-point range. So, you know, he, he knows. Garen is out there. He's always looking to try and improve the roster in ways he can. He's very aggressive. He has a great sense of what a team needs. Uh, the Johansson deal last year was one of those deals, kind of like Connolly. Uh, for the Wolves, and that you go, okay, that's an okay deal. And then you, then you watch him play, you go, oh, he fits in perfectly here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Garen has a real great sense of what a team needs. He's not afraid to make an aggressive move. He's not afraid to make an aggressive move at any time. He's not afraid to hold his players accountable. Um, and listen, I, I think 
the roster right now and the payroll's limited enough that you're probably not going to see this team go on some kind of a crazy long playoff run. But Garen keeps them in the fight. Yeah. Uh, what uh, With Vikings injury news, Justin Jefferson activated off of the uh, injured reserve or designated to return. I'm not sure the difference, but uh, you know, limited practice. What's the odds that Jefferson actually sees the field on Sunday? O'Connell's downplaying it, saying, you know, this is probably not the right week to put him back out there. Jefferson's saying he wants to play. It's just basically his hometown team. Uh, I'm sure Jefferson's going to be motivated to play. Uh, O'Connell's going to be, you know, very cautious, not wanting to re-injure himself. So right now, it, doesn't, it looks like he won't play. Maybe there's a chance in the next 36 hours or so he can change O'Connell's mind. Right now, it looks unlikely. The designated return basically means that uh, he's past his four-week injured uh, status. He's eligible to return, and now he has 21 days in which he can practice without being added to the roster before he has to make a final decision on I, I don't know. Did you hear about Josh Dobbs' comments on his former offensive tackle with Arizona's podcast uh, this week where he said that he was told the day before he was benched he wasn't going to be benched, and then he was told the day before the trade deadline he wasn't going to be traded, and each of those things happened. Uh, you know, he wasn't bitter about it, but, you know, do they, are they lying to their guys a lot like that? Uh, the NFL, does, you know, to make a gross generalization, the NFL has always been about lying. Mm. Uh, it has always been a league where they, they think they're the CIA, they think their stuff is more important than anything else in the world, and they will lie to protect any little tr- any little secret. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of the things I like about this current Vikings regime is I don't think they lie. Mm. Um, I think Quesi's a straight guy. I think uh, O'Connell is very honest with his players, which is one of the reasons they like and respect him so much. Mm-hmm. I think the coaching staff below him, are very very likable people who are straight with their players. I think it's one of the reasons they were able to survive this bad start is their players never lost faith in each other or their leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you start lying to players, it gets around. It's bad for your locker room. It's bad for recruiting or free agents. It's bad for your culture. It's bad for, you know, I mean, things are going to go bad for almost every NFL team almost every year. Mm-hmm. Injuries, uh, slumps, whatever. And if you don't trust the people around you, it's probably going to go really bad. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports of Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.